Welcome to the Unsweetened Sayo podcast. My name is Siobhan Harris. I am a certified integrative nutrition health coach and the founder of unsweetenedsayo.com. I gave up all sugar and all flour on January 13th, 2018, and am finally free of my addiction. My mission is to help other sugar addicts find their path to freedom and live the sweet life without sugar. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 47 of Unsweetened Sayo, the podcast. Today, I am super excited to be interviewing Crystal Williams about emotion code. And Crystal was first introduced to the concept of emotional release at age 12 and has had an interest in it ever since. Battling chronic physical and mental illnesses since age 11, Crystal tried many methods and found a lot of tools, some which helped and some which did not. At a very low point in our health journey, Crystal was introduced to emotion code. It made such a huge impact in her own life that she became certified and has been a practitioner for the last two years. And I'd like to point out that she's been my practitioner now for the last year, little over a year. So she's been a big part of my journey. So welcome, Crystal. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Um, I thought, because I do talk about emotion code in the podcast, but I haven't really taken the time to explain what it is. So we definitely want to hear more about your journey. But first, I thought it might be good for our listeners just to touch on what your definition of emotion code is, so they have an understanding of it. Sure, yeah. Um, so the, the basic concept behind emotion code is that emotions are energy. They're energy that comes up in our body, and as we process emotion, that energy gets released. But if we don't fully process emotions, that energy gets trapped in different places in our body, and it can inhibit physical function, it can inhibit emotional and mental function in our bodies. So emotion code is one method to pinpoint those trapped emotions, to find them, and to help finish that processing, to clear them from the body. Um, there's more that you can get into it, and, and if you want a really deep understanding, um, I would recommend reading the book by Brad Nelson, who developed the emotion code, and there will be a link, I believe, in the notes to that. Yes, I'll definitely link that book, because, yeah, the, it's created by Dr. Bradley Nelson, as Crystal said, and he has a whole book on it um, that really goes into the details, and a website, too, that we'll link also, so... Yeah, and, and you can get deeper into um, how emotion code works, but the basic idea is finding that baggage that has held us back and releasing it, kind of cutting those ties to the things that are weighing us down and holding us back. Okay, and I want to talk more about how you do that, but first I want to go back to you telling us a little bit more about your own health journey how you came across emotion code and how it's impacted your life. Yeah, um, that's a really good question. So like you said in my introduction, I, I developed some um, chronic physical illnesses at age 11. I developed pretty um, intense clinical depression around age 18. 
and that stuck with me through most of my adult life. Um, I'm currently 37, just to give context to that. So um, I read a book when I was about 12 called Feelings Buried Alive Never Die, and it really resonated with me, this concept that there are these emotions that, that get trapped in us and hold us back, but it had a really long, complicated process as to how to get rid of those emotions, and it was kind of like shooting in the dark. Like, here's a list of possible emotions related to possible illnesses, and, um, and you can guess at one and then repeat this script like 20 times, and it might work. Um, and so it was very laborious, and it, and it didn't necessarily feel like it was accomplishing what I wanted to as I kind of worked at that as a teenager. So I, I, I let it go, but the concept stayed with me. Um, I just need to interject and say, I'll talk so much about your um, personality that you are reading a book at age 12 called Feelings Buried Alive and already yeah. Yeah, being very well, intuitive and trying to help yourself. That's pretty amazing. Well, and it, it is it is definitely a part of my personality, but I also, my background involved a significant amount of emotional trauma. Um, my parents did not have a fantastic marriage. There was a lot of instability emotionally and, um, and I, and I've always been, had the nature of wanting to understand why I really, I really wanted to understand why things went wrong and why people did what they did. Because one of the interesting things about my parents' marriage is they're both wonderful people. They're both phenomenally wonderful people, but they just struggled to mesh with each other. And, and it was, it was hard. And so being able to see that they were both very good people and had very good intentions and seeing how hard it was still to make marriage work in, in a way that they, they both were deeply committed to the marriage, but it was a struggle. And so it really drove my interest to, to understand what was going on underneath, why it was so hard and why that could be so challenging for two people with really good intentions and, and, um, really good people. So again, that interest continued. I, um, I developed IBS. Endometriosis started around age 15. Um, I was diagnosed with polycystic ovaries when I was 22. Uh, I also developed chronic migraines and chronic fatigue syndrome, as well as the depression that I mentioned earlier and some anxiety. Um, so Again, I tried many, many different things. I, I worked on my diet, which is a large component of, of health, um, which you talk about a lot. Um, I went to doctors. I went to traditional doctors. I went to not so traditional doctors when traditional doctors didn't have much to offer me. Um, and I, I, I was on medication for my depression, off and on. Uh, with psychiatrists and different things. And it was really helpful at the time, but it also had significant side effects that I didn't want to live with my whole life. So I was always kind of looking for better ways to, to deal with these things. Um, I was actually introduced to the Emotion Code book probably in 2015 by a, a family friend and I read it and I began to read it but there weren't any practitioners that I could find in my area and I couldn't figure out how to do it on myself at that point um so I kind of let it go uh in 2016 we moved and 
with the, the stress and the struggle of the move, it really threw me into chronic fatigue. And I, there was a point at which I ended up not able to get out of bed for almost a month. Wow. It was a very difficult point. And, um, and I would say having dealt with, with depression, I was not on medication at that point, having dealt with depression and with chronic fatigue at that point, it was the fatigue causing the depression because I couldn't move as opposed to there have been times when the depression caused physical symptoms. Mm -hmm. Um, they can kind of feed off each other. Um, I went to the doctor, they couldn't find anything, all that kind of stuff. And my mom, um, we had moved to be closer to family. My mom said, there's my friend that you know from church. She's doing this thing called emotion. Could you want to go? And I was at a place where I was like, you know what? I'll try anything. <laughs> I will try anything. I need to take care of my family. I have four children. Um, at the time, they were ages two to uh, 10. And they needed me. And I needed to be able to be there for them. So I, you know, I made it out of bed. She took me, my mom took me to the office, to this wonderful practitioner, Lisa Webster. And she, and I was just kind of there. I was sitting in a chair and she just quickly explained what emotion code was. And she started working on me and it literally got me out of bed that day. Now I continued to go to her probably on a weekly basis for three or four months as I worked through things. Um, but there was definitely the, the emotional trauma of my childhood, other things that had happened. I'm also, for your listeners who might be aware, I'm also a highly sensitive person and an empath. So I take on emotion more than maybe the average person. So for me in particular, taking on other people's emotions and dealing with my own and not being able to release them really weighed me down. So this, this impacted me significantly. And it was such a night and day difference that I immediately went and I got the book again and I read it probably in two days and I started practicing. And when I, I ran into roadblocks, um, doing this on myself. And when I ran into roadblocks, I asked, Elisa questions when I'd go in for a session, I'd be like, okay, how does it, and she really encouraged me. She, she very much encouraged me to learn how to do it. She even encouraged me to get certified, which I ended up doing because it was making such an impact in my life. And I felt like I want this knowledge. I want to be able to do this for my family. My original intention in getting certified was to use it for myself and my family and friends. Um, I wasn't originally intending to become a, a practitioner for other people, but I'm, I'm glad that I ended up there. So that's kind Thank of you. my story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's pretty amazing. So tell us a little bit more how about how emotion code actually works as people are probably listening, thinking, wow, that sounds great. You know, after one session, you're able to get out of bed. That's pretty significant. So I'm trying yes. to yeah, it's, the best way to kind of explain it to people that um, have never heard about it, like how it actually kind of works. Yeah. And so again, like I said, when I was first introduced to emotion release, it was a really complicated process that involved a lot of guessing. And what really drew me to emotion code when I came back to it and, and read it and, and had a practitioner to kind of show me how it worked was that it was very simple and elegant. So it uses muscle testing, which 
for anyone who's not familiar with muscle testing, the idea behind muscle testing is that we become stronger in the, in the presence of truth, things that are true strength in us. So our muscles gain strength when we say true statements. And so muscle testing involves pushing down on a different muscle in your body, saying, asking yes or no questions. So something like um, when you start out muscle testing, you'll test it by saying your real name. So I'll say something like, my name is Crystal and test my muscle and see if it's strong, right? And it stays strong. And then I say, my name is um, Jose and it, and it goes down. So that's a way to kind of create a baseline of this is true. So I'll say, say true statements and test muscle strength and then false statements and test muscle strength. And the muscle strength stays stronger in the true statements. So using muscle testing then, we have a set of charts. I have the emotion code chart, which Brad Nelson developed, it has 60 emotions on it, and it has columns and rows, and it has what uh, parts of the body those emotions are typically associated with. So I will muscle test. I typically muscle test on myself. If I have someone um, in my office or in my space, I can muscle test on them. It goes faster at this point if I muscle test on myself. Um, so I will ask a question like, does this person have a trapped emotion that is holding them back? Yes or no? Usually the answer is yes. Pretty much everybody does. So then I'll ask, usually as I'm doing it in my head, um, but this is, this is how it goes in my head is I'll say, okay, is it in column A of the chart? No. Is it in column B? Yes. Okay. Is it in an even row? No. Is it in an odd row? Yes. Is it in row one, row three, row five? Okay, it's in row five. Now, on the chart in row five, there's conflict, creative insecurity, terror, unsupported, or wishy-washy. So there's five emotions per block on the chart. So then I'll muscle test through those and say, okay, is it conflict? No. Is it creative insecurity? No. Is it terror? Yes. All right, so we found the emotion. Then I ask, is there anything else I need to know about the emotion? Yes. Okay, there is. So different things we could know about the emotion. You have your own emotions that you trapped. You can also have inherited emotions that you literally inherited the moment of conception from your parents that, that get passed down. If emotions don't get dealt with, they stay. So just like you inherit other things from your parents, you can inherit emotions. Um, so if it's inherited, then we'll take a look at which side it's on. Sometimes we'll see, we might need to know how many generations back it was trapped. Um, another option is we can absorb emotions from others around us. So those are the kind of things that we might need to know. We might need to know if it's a, an emotion that is specific to that individual that they trapped. We might need to know what age it was trapped at. We might need to know if it's related to a specific person or a specific situation in their life before the body will allow us to release it. Um, so those are some of the questions that I'll ask. And then I'll ask, can I release this emotion? And then once the answer is yes, um, the, the methodology in emotion code is we take a magnet and if you've ever done this experiment, you take a magnet to a credit card, it erases the information. We're basically doing the same thing. There's a line on your body that goes from just below your nose, straight up and over your head and down your spine to the bottom of your spine. It's called the governing meridian. And that's like your spine has nerves that go out to every part of your body. That is where all the energy can come and connect. And so 
we run a magnet over that governing meridian three times in the case of typical emotions and 10 times in the case of um, inherited emotions because they tend to stick more. It, it takes a little more to clear them out. And that shifts the energy and releases the emotion. Now, people are gonna ask, so then how do you do it over the phone or how do you do it remotely? Because I'm, I'm in Dallas and Siobhan is typically in Oregon. So we work over the phone for the most part. Um, and the quick answer to that is that we create emotional connections or energetic connections with each other all the time. And distance really isn't an object. So um, when she asks me for a session, she's giving me permission to connect to her energetically. So I connect to her energetically, I ask her body these questions, and then I clear the emotion on myself and it clears on her. And now Siobhan um, can tell you how that feels from her end. Yeah, so I, yeah, this is all, um, you're doing a really good job explaining it because I think it's really tricky to understand at first the whole concept. So thank you for mm -hmm. like kind of walking us through how it all works. Um, yeah. Usually, and I, I just like to kind of interject that how I was, I was introduced to the concept from a friend of mine, actually Jess Knoll, who's been on the podcast talking about Young Living Essential Oils, who had worked with Crystal. And I tried to get an appointment with Crystal, but she was very booked up at the time. And, you know, I'm very impatient person. So I thought, well, while I'm waiting, I want to kind of research this. So I actually found a practitioner in Portland that did it and um, has, uh, she does like a monthly kind of what emotion code kind of workshop is like a free workshop. You know, it was maybe 30 minutes where she talks about it and then does a little, um, for anyone that's interested, she does a little demonstration so that you can see how it works. So that was really great for me because I am a real visual learning learner. So I went in and kind of watched her work on different people exactly as Crystal's saying, kind of using the chart. Um, and using, since we were there in person, she was able to muscle test on us in person. And that I've experienced before with a naturopath. So I don't know if anyone else has experienced experience muscle testing, but when I went to a naturopath, when I was first diagnosed with my polycystic ovary syndrome, uh, my naturopath used muscle testing to determine what medication as far, well, I should say what supplements to use and what the doses was. And I just thought it was fascinating to see that. So there's a lot on YouTube about muscle testing. I was just gonna say, if you wanted to kind of see a sample of how it works, it's really, really fascinating. But anyway, so I, I went and did the uh, demo and they worked on me um, releasing some emotions and I right away felt lighter, you know, like my chest just felt lighter, like, a weight had literally been lifted. And I thought, wow, this is really amazing. Um, so I had that first experience in person and it was a little bit of a far drive. So I decided she had told me that she did appointments video over video call too. So my next appointment with her was a video call. And that's when the concept of working by proxy came up where basically I'm giving her permission to connect with me energetically, as Crystal was saying. And then she's able to muscle test on herself as me, which was really hard for me to grasp. How does this even work? But I think there's so much to energy that we can't even begin to understand. And I just have to say from experience, having her work over the video call was the exact same. I, 
anytime she cleared an emotion, I would kind of get that feeling of lightness, of being able to breathe, of taking a deep breath. I mean, it was amazing that um, just having that same sensation. So finally... Okay. Can I interject really quick here yeah. for anybody who might have concerns? When we create an energetic connection, it's always anybody I'm working on, it's with their permission. And I don't have access to anything that they don't give me. There's no, there's nothing invasive here. You, they're not going to access things that are going to embarrass you or, or have any access that your body doesn't give them. This is always under your control. And I just also wanted to echo what Siobhan was saying about, I've also had um, a practitioner work on me in person and over the phone and remotely. Um, and it is a very, it's the same sensation. It, there's no difference in my experience. Sorry, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Crystal finally had an opening. <laughs> and so we started working together on the phone. And again, no difference for me as far as being in person versus being, I was a little nervous I was going to, wasn't going to be able to see Crystal, um, but just talking to her was exactly the same as well. And something else that Crystal will do sometimes um, is an email appointment. Like when I'm really desperate and, you know, again, she has four kids, you heard four. <laughs> so, um, you know, she doesn't practice full time. So when, you know, I might have kind of an emergency feeling when I'm, or, you know, where I'm not feeling my best and I might say, hey, do you have time to do an email session? And it's so, I don't know if I've ever told you this, Crystal, but it's so interesting to me that, because you'll say, oh yeah, no problem. I should be able to do it by the end of today or tomorrow or whatever. But I can almost tell immediately after you've worked on me. Like I can just feel the stuff, you know, like if I'm feeling tightness in my gut or chest or heart, I just mm -hmm. feel a little bit lighter. And then sure enough, like a few minutes later, your email will come with everything that you cleared out. And I'm like, yep, I knew that she was working on it because I just feel so much lighter. So that to me is even crazier that you can work on someone via email without us even, you know, me even being kind of aware of it and still get that sensation. So yeah, that's, that's interesting to it's interesting to hear from your perspective what's happening on the other end. Um, again, it's it's I like to say I'm a facilitator. I'm helping your body accomplish what it wants to accomplish. And so whether it's over email or over phone or in person, the mechanism is the same as far as um, your body's granting me permission and your body is what's bringing things up to me of what it wants to release. So your subconscious is very wise. Our subconscious is very aware of all the things that we're not always aware of and what we need for healing and growth. And so whether we're in person, I do prefer to do sessions over the phone if I have time, because I think it's nice to have the back and forth and to have you be able to ask questions. However, when, like Siobhan said, there's, there's a situation that I, I don't have time to be on the phone because of my children um, or other obligations that I have, having the possibility of an email session, I feel like is good for people in certain situations mm -hmm. to be able to get things cleared um, in a timely manner. Yeah. And I was going to say too, like a session typically lasts about 30 minutes too. Yes, so, that's correct. Um, and, and I mean, how many emotions would you even guesstimate that you clear from people in those 30 minutes? Well, first I want to, as a caveat, I want to say that Dr. Nelson recommends clearing no more than eight emotions 
And which is um, true. I've read his book and attended a seminar with him, and he does say that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I want to put that up front as yeah. people go to look at his um, materials. I have always let each person's body be the judge of how much it wants to release in a day. My intentions going into every session is to be of service to that person and that body in the best way possible. So we don't want to release too much that it's too draining. Um, but I would say that on average, I release between 25 and 50 emotions in a, in a 30 minute session, depending on the person and how deeply buried those emotions are or how integral they are to what's going on. Certain emotions will be harder to release. Certain emotions will take more out of a person and be more draining. So another thing that you should be aware of if you choose to pursue emotion code is that after the session, there is a processing period because essentially what we're doing is kind of an energetic surgery. We're removing energies that have been part of your body, sometimes for your whole life. And um, because of that, about 20% of people ha have a processing period where they get extra tired or they, those emotions that have been released kind of come up as a part of the releasing for, for the next day or two as, as a typical processing period. Every once in a while, the, there'll be something more, but typically it's a day or two. You might feel a little extra tired or emotional after a session. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that um, more, more tiredness for me sometimes, even right out of the, after a session, I might feel a lot of relief, but depending on the intensity, I can feel a little bit drained too. And usually Crystal will say at the end, expect two days processing time, three days, four days, whatever kind of it might be. And I think just having that knowledge is really helpful because you kind of understand, oh, wait, what's, oh, this, it's just part of the process. Correct. Yes. And, yeah. and it, is, it is important to be aware of that, and that can be coming so that you don't freak out and go, oh, I was supposed to feel better, and now I feel worse. Um, a lot of times healing, there's a little drop before. Some people come out of a session just immediately feeling lighter and more energized. That happens mm -hmm. too. It's just how your body responds. So in my experience, the way people process is the way they process. Either they're more energized, either they feel lighter, or they have the fatigue and the extra emotions. Um, it rarely shifts based on a session. So it's just how your particular body processes things. Yeah. The other really cool thing that I think a lot of people, because I think I have a lot of moms listening with children, is that Crystal um, can work. She's been working on my children too. Mm -hmm. um, and again, since I'm the parent, if I give her permission to work on the kids, she's able to do that. Um, however, the kids, I think I should say, still she was saying, can still kind of only uh, release what they feel comfortable with as well. Uh, my daughter particularly... <laughs> kind of shields herself a little bit of wait, who, what's going on here? Um, so I really like that concept that, yeah, it's not like it's making anyone uncomfortable. Your body is kind of, you know, only releasing what it wants to. So can you That's talk a little correct. bit more about, you know, kind of, and I'm sure you do this with a lot of other clients besides me, I'm guessing of, you know, kind of working with kids. And I know you work with your own kids and kind of what you have seen happen with emotion code. Um, yeah. So 
in the first place, when working with children, I feel like up to around age 10 or 12, um, I typically just work with the parent and, and give them the information. I clear things by proxy and give the parent information because up to that point, the kids are not very aware necessarily of what's going on. By age 12, I often would prefer to work directly with the child because the way emotion codes works, the more involved the person is, the, the better it works because this really, again, is about me being a facilitator to helping your body heal and release things. So the more involved the, the client is, whether it's a child or an adult, the better and, and the better results you're going to have. Um, that being said, that's not always possible. So, um, like Siobhan said, up to age 18, I can work on people's children, uh, either on the phone, in person, or just by proxy and just let the parents know what's going on. Um, but after age 18, they would have to choose to come to me themselves. Um, now, as far as, you know, what maybe I, I could talk a little bit about what I've done with my own children. So my own children are currently age 11, age eight, age seven, and age five. Um, so my, well, actually all my children at this point, except for my five-year-old, will come to me periodically and they will ask me to do a motion code on them. When, so like my son will come home, my um, eight-year-old will come home from school and say, I had a really hard day would you do a motion code on me? Um, my 11 year old is currently homeschooled. So when he's getting really stressed out over a paper or a test, sometimes he'll ask me to do a motion code on him to help him pinpoint the emotions and calm down. Um, so we've dealt with anxiety with my kids. We've dealt with some food aversions. We've, we've dealt with some of those things. Um, with my children again at this point i i will work on them sometimes when i feel they need it but for the most part i allow them to choose because i want them to be in control i i really want to stress their own bodily autonomy to them and help them make their own choices um obviously there's developmental limitations to that at the ages that they are um so, but I, I try to make it as available to them as possible within their own choice. Um, one thing that just occurred to me that, that I, I'd like to explain about emotion code, one of the reasons, um, one of the things I think it does is it brings things that are at a subconscious level up to the conscious. So we not only release things when, um, when we bring things up, but we, we bring awareness to them. So there can be dynamics that you release one portion of it, but there's another layer. But bringing that dynamic um, to the surface can help you recognize it when you come across it again. Would you say that's fair, Siobhan? Mm -hmm. Like it helps you become more aware of the dynamics in your life. So that, because emotion code is primarily um, something concerned with releasing things, letting go of things, getting rid of baggage. And that's different than say therapy or cognitive, like cognitive behavioral therapy or other things that help you create new and better habits, which is also an important tool. So 
it does offer that one small piece of awareness that can help you approach dynamics in your life with a different understanding, which is helpful. Mm-hmm. And I just like circling back to your kids, like that's such a gift to give them. Um, you know, like we just, so many of us as adults were never taught how to really express emotions or feel emotions. We mm-hmm. have all kinds of different coping mechanisms that we create. For me, that was eating sugar and flour to numb all feelings. Um, yes. But what a great tool to give to your kids. And it was really inspiring to me and is why I kind of sought out the workshop with Dr. Bradley Nelson is because I want to be able to work on myself and my kids and give them those tools. And I think that's so neat that they come to you. Can you do emotion code on me? I mean, they're going to be so much more emotionally intelligent just by having these conversations with you um, and helping them, you know, pinpoint all the different emotions that there are even. And and that is my goal with my children is, um, I often say that my job is to make it so they don't need me Mm -hmm. so that when they reach adulthood, they feel capable of greeting life and dealing with the challenges that life brings. And so when they do come to me and ask for a session, I always ask them to explain why I want them to kind of self, um, self interrogate is maybe not the best word. I'm trying to think of a good (laughs) word, be self-aware to kind of notice, okay, what's going on with me and can I name what's going on? Can, can I kind of figure out a little bit of what's going on before I hand it off to somebody else? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what a great tool for them to have. Yeah. Um, and and that, as yeah. they do it more, they're, they're more able to articulate mm-hmm. what is going mm-hmm. on with them. And I've started just doing it with my kids. I, like you said, I kind of work on them myself, but then I've started doing it a little more with them, especially if they're not feeling well or something. Um, Mm -hmm. and they just love it, you know, the whole (laughs) process of it. So I hope that's something, you know, my kids being six and four, as they get older, you know, we can continue to do, but after working with Crystal, you know, for about a year, I really just kind of got interested in doing it myself. I just thought this is such a powerful tool. And so I was lucky to see that, um, Dr. Nelson was doing a workshop in Bothell, Washington, which, you know, is actually where my cousin lives and only about like a three and a half hour drive for me. So I attended his workshop in early December. It was right after a Vegas trip. So I was pretty worn out. I think I had an emergency session with Crystal to (laughs) clear me from Vegas so that I could then make sure I was, you know, getting what I needed to out of the workshop. But it was so amazing. And to get to meet him and hear in his own words how it worked, and then to watch him work on people was just incredible. And then to have the confidence to then work on each other, because in between we'd be working on each other. And I got to see the power of it, of working with a woman who's like third finger, like she could not fully extend and had been having this issue for months. And me and another woman were paired together and we kind of took turns, you know, going through the chart of is it column A, B, what's here, releasing emotions. And I think we probably released like four or five total, but by the end she was able to extend her finger all the way. And I was like, we did that, you know, it just felt amazing to, and she was just kind of in shock. So I knew that I was, you know, on the right path and have been practicing since with working on my kids. 
working on myself and then any friends or family members that are willing to give me permission <laughs> to <laughs> practice on them. And then, you know, like Crystal was kind of saying, and every time I do meet with Crystal, I'm usually asking her questions about, okay, how did you do this? How did you do that? And then Crystal and I were really, really lucky to get to meet each other in person um, when I was in Dallas earlier this month and have lunch. And that was so amazing because I hadn't had only been talking to you over the phone. So to get yes. to meet you in person and see and hear the voice that I knew so well was so awesome. And it was very uh, fun. Yeah. So that was very, very fun. And I will continue though. I think we had talked about, you know, you, and even Dr. Nelson said like most people have 250 emotions or blocked emotions or something, you know, um, mm -hmm. he also talks a lot about working on animals too, which I think is really fascinating. And actually to get certified, you have to work on a certain amount of animals and some people that's what they just specialize in. So I've worked that's on correct. a couple animals myself, just experimenting. And it's really kind of cool to see, you know, what you can do. So but he also said that, you know, there's some emotions that, um, you know, you can get maybe 80% maybe was the number he said of your own emotions, but sometimes it takes like another practitioner to kind of get the rest. So, you know, yeah. my, and I think you still, you know, check in with your practitioner too, but I think it's important that as the person taking care of other people, you're still getting that care to take care of yourself. Absolutely. I really feel like there's certain emotions that, um, are more easily released by the person themselves. For example, when I started working on myself, I had access to thoughts and understanding of myself that my practitioner didn't have. Mm -hmm. and, and I could see things and dynamics in myself that um, maybe I wouldn't have let anybody else see. <laughs> so I could release those things, but there's also things that we hide from ourselves and that we don't want to be aware of ourselves and those are more easily released by somebody else. I do regularly um, have someone else work on me. I, healers need healers and I think both are important. Now, I've definitely had clients who have no interest in working on themselves and that's fine and that's great. Um, different people will have different interest levels. Um, different people trap emotions differently and so some people they have you know, a few sessions or two months worth of sessions and they're like, okay, thanks. I'm, I feel good. I feel great. Right. And they move, they're on their way. Um, other people, I, this will be something that I'm doing for my whole life. I'm, I know it. <laughs> um, but again, I'm an empath and emotions impact me a great deal more than they might impact somebody else. And me too on that note. So yeah, that really resonates with me just being highly sensitive and um, just absorbing a lot from other people. So that's why I think it's really crucial <laughs> for me and to help deal with, you know, I talk about in the podcast that a lot of people that are eating sugar and flour maybe are using that to numb feelings. So then when you do go off of it, you're almost flooded with all these emotions that have come up that you've blocked for so long and you have to find a way to start start going through them and getting comfortable with feeling uncomfortable and it's still something i'm working on you know two yeah. years later but that's why i feel like i want to present well, this kind of information as a tool for people to help yeah. sort through emotions and what is so like 
fascinating to me. I've never done something where it, it feels like therapy to me as well. Um, well, and I've done significant amounts of therapy. I'm actually in school right now working towards becoming a therapist because I think there's a lot of skills involved there that are important. But one of the things that I kept coming up in therapy was I would come up against the same things, And I'm like, I'm aware of this dynamic in my life. I know what it is and I know it's not healthy. And I've done the cognitive behavioral therapy thing, but it's just not going away. I just cannot figure out how to get rid of it. I can be aware of it. I can like try different things, but certain things I just could not get rid of until I found emotion code. Um, and then it was this great tool to take these things that, yes, I'm aware of it. Yes, I know what it is, but to, to physically let it go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so powerful. Like that's what really attracted me to it. And as Crystal is saying, I feel like you're really gifted and intuitive and I'm sure different practitioners have different skills, but for me, I think we were brought together because I needed the therapy that you also kind of include in it where you're just, you know, have done a lot of research in your own, you're going to school, um, and even just from your own life experiences, you're able to offer really solid advice too, while also clearing out some of these emotions. So for me, that combo is really, really powerful. Yeah. And I, I think at this point I would categorize it more as coaching because I don't dare call myself anything. I do therapy because I'm, I am not a therapist. Yet. Right. Right. Anything, but, um, yeah. Um, but I do like to incorporate my life experiences and offer what I have to offer. And to your point, yeah, every practitioner is going to have something a little different to offer and every, every practitioner is going to be a little different, but I feel like every good practitioner is going to be able to clear the things that really matter. Um, and just just like with a therapist or a doctor or anything else, you might look around a little bit to find a practitioner. If, if the first one you go to doesn't feel like a good fit, you can try a different one because they all have a little something different to offer based on their life experiences and understanding of the world. Mm -hmm. And just like, yeah, that's true. Just like anything, you know, it's hard to find that first person right away. You might have to look around a little bit um, to find someone that, yeah, just really kind of click clicks with you. Um, yeah, when we were talking about that, I, I'll link that to you when I link, you know, the Dr. Bradley's website. There's also a, a page on there that he has with a practitioner map that we were talking about. If this is something that just is kind of calling to you, I really wish I had found it as I was giving up sugar. I think it would have made those first few months that were really tough just that much easier. But I'm still so grateful that it came, you know, after a year in my process, it still was very helpful. But it's something why I wanna talk about it to people, you know, that might be currently struggling. It might just really help, especially in the, in the beginning, because there's just so much, at least for me, that I was just flooded with. So, um, whatever sounds appealing to you. Luckily, Crystal is now <laughs> available and taking new patients. So I'll be sure to include her email as well in case you're interested and want to and reach out to her to make an appointment. Um, but as we both said, we understand too, you might be drawn to hmm, this, you know, want to see it in person and you could use the practitioner map to see if there's someone you know, available in your area as well. Absolutely. Um, My yeah. interest and Siobhan's interest, we want you guys, we want everybody to get help. 
Yeah. Um, I'm way more interested in people getting help than growing my client base. That's not something, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to be accepting new clients right now. I, I always love it when I'm in that position that I can get to know new people and, and begin that process with new people. But the, the biggest interest is that people find resources. I would be thrilled if everybody got certified in emotion code, because I just think it's a phenomenal tool to have at your disposal. Well, and what's so neat, one thing I also want to talk about with the inherited emotions. Um, so say Chris, and this happens to us all the time, Crystal's clearing something from me. And we're going to do a little, we've got a few minutes left, and we're going to do a little um, demo so you can kind of see how it works. Crystal's going to work on me a little bit. But um, for the inherited emotions, and I saw this in person with Dr. Nelson too that was so cool, is say I've inherited something from my father's side seven generations back. She kind of figures that out, does the 10 swipes with the magnet. And then not only has she cleared it from me, but she's cleared it from all those generations going back, including my dad. If I've passed it on to my kids, she's cleared it from my kids too. And I just- And, any, and any aunts, uncles, cousins, anybody yeah, else. Brother, sister. I mean, so I feel like I kind of tease my family, like you're welcome for <laughs> doing this work because I'm helping, you know, and really it's helping the whole world in a way if everyone was starting to clear more of this stuff. So it's pretty neat to be, um, not knowing that you're not just helping yourself, but, uh, uh you know, your family members too. So yeah. yeah. So do we want to do a little sample of kind of what it might look like just so people kind of get an idea of what it sounds like? Sure. Sounds good. So we'll, we'll see what we can clear on Siobhan right now, maybe a couple emotions. So again, I don't usually talk through this process, but I will, since this is an example. So I'm looking at my charts. Um, and I say, okay, is there something on the emotion chart that needs to be released? Yes. Is it in column A? Yes. Is it in even row? Yes. Is it in row two, row four? Um, is it anger, bitterness, guilt, hatred? It is resentment. Do I need to know more? No. Is this her own emotion? Yes. And so now I will clear it. Okay. Is there another emotion that needs to be cleared? Yes. Is it in column A? No. Is it in column B? Yes. Is it in an even row? No. Is it in an odd row? Yes. Is it in row one, row three, row five? Is it conflict? No. Is it creative insecurity? No. Is it terror? Yes. So this is actually the one that I that came up when I was giving the example before. This was an actual emotion that Siobhan needs to release. Is it her emotion? No. Uh, do we need to know more about it? Yes. Is this an inherited emotion? Yes. Is it from her mother's side? No. Is it from her father's side? Yes. We need to know more. Yes. Um, how many generations? Yes. Okay. So is it one, two, three, four? It's five generations back. Do we need to know more? No. Okay. So now can I release it? Yes. I will clear that emotion. And, and then usually afterward, I'll ask, has the emotion been cleared? Yes. Um, and that's all your body wants to do on the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty cool. And I and sometimes like when she did the inherit that one, the terror, I had I kind of have to like take a deep breath then. Like it just feels like, ha, huh, you know. Um, so I can, I can feel it light lighter. And yeah, I just think it's so fascinating how that works. So you can kind of hear how it how it sounds and how quickly it goes. Um 
Crystal's actually going to work on me after this session because I'm sure I've got a lot going on. Um, and I like to write everything down. I kind of keep a book with all, and I, because I, I just think it's so fascinating to refer back to later um, to just see, wow, like how much you can release in a single session. So, well, is there anything else, Crystal? Just giving, want to give you one last opportunity to talk about like maybe anything else that we didn't get to touch on that you wanted to share or say about emotion code? Um, I think we covered the bases pretty well. I really would encourage people, if you're interested, to get on the website or email me or um, read Dr. Nelson's book. This really is a wonderful tool to have at your disposal to, to lighten your load. Everybody in this world has such a heavy load. People, you can look on Instagram and Facebook or wherever, and it seems like people have everything together, and and that's great. But I don't know a single person that doesn't have really, really hard things that they're dealing with. Um, and so I just really encourage you to at least look into it, get on the website, look around, and see if it feels like that's something that would be beneficial to you, because it has significantly impacted my life, my family, and everybody that I've worked with. Yes. And mine. And just, you know, adding to that, you don't, if you are feeling like, like, even if it's physical pain, like so much physical pain is caused by trapped emotions that you have. Um, you don't have to live that way. You know, that's, what's just so amazing about this. Like there's sometimes I think we just, Oh, this is just the way my life is going to be. It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be so painful. So I just think it's such an amazing tool for people to have um, and just make life a little bit easier <laughs> for yes. all of us, you know. Which we all need. We could yeah. all use all the help we can get, right? Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Crystal. This has been so amazing. I'm so glad that we were finally able to do this because it's been such a big part of my own healing journey and I'm sure will continue to be. So Thank you for taking your time today and talking with us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. Hi, everyone. It's Siobhan here, and I have some exciting news. I, After Crystal and I were finished with our interview, she let me know that she's going to be offering Unsweetened Sayo listeners $10 off their first session with her. A 30-minute session is typically $40, which I think is super affordable um, for the benefit that you get from it. But if you mentioned Unsweetened Sayo, the podcast, she will give you $10 off, bringing your first session with her to $30. So take advantage. That's so awesome. Yay! Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day and remember, life is so much sweeter without sugar. <laughs>